Welcome back to the Scripted Heart. It has been a few weeks, actually, since I last aired an episode. Let's just say life gives you roller coasters. Um, but I am joined here today with my first guest speaker. She has... Let's just say, become like a mom to me. <laughs> um, and there's a story to that, but like I've said in the past, that's for another day. Uh, Ma, uh, you can share anything that you would like to. And if you don't, just go with the spirit. There you go. Now, thank you for having me. And I thank uh, Lydia for appreciating and loving God because it's important for all of us to love God and cherish Him. And the only way we can cherish Him is to read His Word, praise His Word, sing His Word. And um, I just love Lydia and her family very much because Christ put them in our path. Um, speaking of which, uh, today... Ma's going to be sharing her testimony. Um, that can be nervous and anxious feelings for some. But it's good to know our testimonies because you never know when we will have a chance to share with others. And if you can't talk about Christ, then you're doing something wrong. And you should always be able to celebrate Christ and bring Christ to share with others. Hi, I'm Maggie Moore. And um, I wanted to talk about my testimony. I was nine years old when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior on July 4th. So I celebrated freedom in many ways. And uh, what I did is my parents had other plans for me because they didn't want me to go to camp because I had been sick the whole year and barely passed anything. And uh, I just barely made it. My grandma made a beeline to the house and all five seven of herself, two hundred and eighty pounds, <laughs> coming. And she threw the door open. She saw me at the top of the stairs and said, "Margaret Ann, grab your bag and get in the car." I have to interrupt you for a minute, but that reminds me of you. Yes, <laughs> yes. And and my dad said she's not going because she didn't deserve to go and she walked over to him and spoke slowly and said yes she does because God said so and I have come to get her so it is imperative that she go to Alta Frio Baptist Encampment and that's what I did I got in the car and grandma drove 
whatever my uncle told her the speed limit was until he started telling her that we were on Highway 80 or 90 or something, and that's what she was driving. (laughs) (laughs) And But when we got to camp, my brother had poked and prodded me. My uncle, who was six years older than me, had poked and prodded me, and by that time, I was on fire. You could have stuck a match on me. And I was at camp with Grandma, and she had a house, a little cabin, and it was an enclosed porch, and then a picnic table and a few cabinets inside, and uh, bunk beds everywhere, except Grandma's bed. It needed to be larger. (laughs) (laughs) And she looked at me and she said, Margaret Ann, no one goes to the river. It's not time for us to go down to the river because Alta Frio has uh, detrimental things down there and I don't want you there. And she repeated her story four different times. I looked over there at the river and couldn't see it, but there was a drop-off. And I saw that there was a restroom over there. So I went over there sheepishly, more like a wolf in sheep clothing, and went to the restroom. And Grandma said, remember what I told you? Yeah, yeah, whatever. And I went on. Well, I was mad. I was very angry. And I went down to the river and started walking down Dead Dead Man's Trail. And on the side of the edge, there was a sidewalk. And on the right side was the river, and it was spring-fed. You could put Coca-Cola bottles and tie them off in the river. And within uh, 30 minutes, they're half-froze. So that's how cold it was, and it is. And uh, <clears throat> and on the left-hand side was the roots from all the trees. Well, I was walking the trail, and it got a little precarious, and I had the wrong shoes on. I had flip-flops on, and I started to fall in the river. Well, guess what? I'm not a swimmer. I couldn't swim a lick if they gave me one. And I started grabbing the roots. And I was hung there because the dirt below me gave away and fell in. Oh, my. So I was scared as a nine-year-old. And I thought, I'm just going to die here because I told no one. And I'm not supposed to be here. And I asked God to help me, and I asked for an angel. Please send an angel, God. I promise I'll be good if you send an angel. Well, his idea of an angel was not my idea of an angel, because he sent my brother, who grabbed my feet, and my uncle, who grabbed my hair. Ow! Because I (laughs) I had very long hair. It was past my waist. And they carried me all the way back to Grandma. And what they did is they opened the cabin door and threw me in. And Grandma latched it. 
and I was ready to go after them. But Grandma grabbed me, and she put me in her lap, and I kept trying to get away from her because I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to be in trouble. And my brother was walking away saying, See, I told you not to bring her. And, and my uncle said, A nuisance. Goodbye. It sounds like the devil and God were at war. Yes. And my grandma said, It was imperative that I come to camp. And grandma was telling me, this was Eunice Long, my mom's mom, and she said, I love you very much, and you're not going to get away from me. Well, I started to push her away, and I didn't want her hands on me, and I was fighting her. And she literally hung on to me. For four solid hours, I fought her. And I don't know anybody that should fight with their grandma, but I was. And I asked God to forgive me for fighting my grandma. And that was an imperative thing. She said, your life is important. And God said so. God sent me to go pick you up and sent me to make sure you are here. And your life is so important that you're looking at death. And she said, are you looking at death? And I burst into tears. And I cried profusely. And she prayed over me. She asked the devil to be out of me and to get away now. And she asked in Jesus' name. And she did it continuously. Till I finally submitted and asked for Christ to be in me, on me and around me. And for him to be in my life forever. I gave up to give up to Christ. And it is very imperative that I share Christ. And so my grandma said, wait, I'm so proud of you. Everybody hugged me. My brother kind of halfway hugged me and said, eh. <laughs> but that's okay. Grandma was usually sitting in the front of the church because she didn't hear very well. And, and her mom, which was my great-grandma, couldn't hear very well. And so they were sitting by each other. And Grandma had a hold of my collar. And they would ask us to stand and sing hymns, uh, God Bless America, um, all kinds of freedom songs. But the true freedom is Christ. And the true understanding is Christ. And we're supposed to be submissive to Him. We're supposed to be submissive to where we understand others. And my grandma knew that I was not very submissive. And that she had a hold of my collar. We sat in the back. And every time we would stand up for anything, praying or whatever, I would say now. And she would say, not now. 
sit down, Margaret Ann, not now. <laughs> and I was very impatient because I wanted to run. As God had run to me, I wanted to run to him. I just have one question. Okay. What was the thing that your grandmother always told you as you were growing up? She always said, wait on God. She always said, wait. What did she always tell you you were going to be? Oh, she always would tell me, Margaret Ann, you're going to be a missionary. Now, stop there, people, <laughs> and listen carefully. Keep that in mind, because that phrase of what her grandmother told her she was going to be comes into play in just a few seconds. Well, she told me that I was going to be a missionary when I was six. And I used to, oh, no, it's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll believe it when I see it, people. <laughs> and then when I'm nine, I'm sitting there with Grandma, a hold of my uh, shirt collar, and she's so excited. And my Grandma Bruce is sitting next to me, her mom. And she's a skinny, wiry lady, and she's on the other side of me. And when the preacher gave the last call, because we were at family camp, like they used to long time ago, and they just do children's camp or youth camp or women's ministry or something like that, but then they did family camp. And I believe Alta Frio Baptist Encampment still does it. And uh, it was pretty exciting because he gave last call. And in last call, Grandma said, go! <laughs> and, and Grandma and my great-grandma parted the way. <laughs> kind of like when God parted the Red Sea. Oh, I'm telling you. I ran. I was all the way in the back, and I ran, got a hold of the preacher, and he was just putting the microphone back into the stand, and he said, what are you here for? And I said, I'm here for Christ. I don't know what you're here for, but I'm here for Christ. And at that particular moment, everybody took a deep breath, because I had latched onto the preacher like it was my life. It was a matter of life or death. And it is a matter of life or death. And you deserve life. You deserve what Christ gives you. You deserve all of that. And celebrate the fact. And when he said, well, okay, Christ has opened a door. And next thing you know, half the congregation emptied and came to the front it was old people it was young people it was little kids and everything in between no mercy drawn and it was exciting because there was a lot of dads and grandpas that came to the front and you know it's very hard to get a man who's older to accept Christ because he feels like he's failed, but he hasn't. He hasn't. 
And Christ wants to talk to everyone. And I celebrate every day with Christ. I've gone back to opening the front door and saying, Come on in, God. I've been a Christian for a very long time, for 51 years. And so I'm not a young chicken no more. I'm just an old sitting hen. (laughs) You've taken it a step further even there. Mm -hmm. You have often told me when I am struggling with raising my arrows, Okay, Lid, get that broom and start sweeping. Yes, open the door and get the devil out and let in all of Christ and let him breathe on you. You know, also, I have trained my kids. My kids have seen that example because we sense when Satan's in the house. And without even being told, one or more of my arrows will now go through the door and... Tell Satan to get out and welcome Jesus in. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and you know, when, when people listen to this podcast, I want to, I want to let you know, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you hear this and you take it to heart because your life is at stake. You are important. And for someone to realize how important you are is God needs you and he loves you. So don't count yourself short. And when there's no space for you, get a hoe and cut a row. My grandma and my great-grandma used to always say that to use yourself as an example is to cut a place for other Christians to cut a place for others to follow you. Be that star of Christ. You know, as I'm sitting here listening to your story once again, because I heard your testimony for the first time during Bible study this morning, a few thoughts come to mind. Um, when you're pushing your grandmother away, I've learned to read in between the lines and compare things and, I guess, allegorize it, kind yes. of. Yes, But when you're pushing your grandmother away, your grandmother was sharing Christ with you, which you do with everyone. Mm-hmm. But you were not just pushing your grandmother away, you were pushing Christ away. Yes, she held me. In her lap, she put her legs over me and put one arm over my chest and one arm over my head. She had me in a lock. And my grandma was super strong, let me tell you. (laughs) Because a little kid fighting the opposite direction, to say the least, when we all went to sleep, we snored like hogs. (laughs) But it shows that we should never give in to give up to give out. You never give up on your kids. You never give up on your husband or your spouse. You never give up. Because when you're giving up, 
you're giving it to to Satan. And I pray that everyone gives in to Christ. That's a good comparison and good wisdom because sometimes when I'm frustrated, I run to you. you (laughs) Because God has placed certain people in my life at certain points and times. And when I build those relationships, I sit back and I think about it and I can't picture my life without those people. But, I wonder what it would be like if I didn't have that godly wisdom. It probably wouldn't end well. Oh, wow. That's what I fear the most. Because a lot of times, after COVID, our church had gotten canceled. Our choir got canceled. Our uh, certain meetings got canceled. And I just feel like... the. So many things are trying to cancel Christ. And I never, never want to stand in his way. Mm -hmm. And I always want to offer Christ. You're also talking about canceling Christ. Um, When you cancel Christ, when you don't listen to that instruction and wisdom that God has placed over you in the form of parents or grandparents or other godly forms of authority, you're canceling them too. Mm -hmm. Because in the Bible, it says, Hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. And by not listening to the instruction of your grandmother... And kind of telling your grandmother to talk to the left because she ain't right. You're canceling God out too. Mm -hmm. That was just another thought that I had. Yes, because we're always supposed to show Christ, be Christ, and be Christ-like. Because one of his commandments is to love one another. And if we're not loving ourselves... Who are you loving? Are you loving things of the world? You should not be loving things of the world because Christ is is the only God. Mm-hmm. When I was going to Christian school, I had a friend who I was witnessing to. And I wanted her to get saved too, obviously on God's time. Mm-hmm. And I would tell her... That just because she gave her life to Jesus doesn't mean she's giving up the things that she loved. But those things that she loved currently Mm -hmm. would change because God would then in turn make her a new creation. Because part of her fear was, well, if I give my heart to Jesus, then I have to give up everything that I love. Mm -hmm. And see that. That always, it's always important. My grandma did another thing that was very vital to me, vitally important, is she would say certain things like, we're going to go do something in town. And this particular day, our her washing machine broke for the umpteenth time. Oh. 
and it needed to be taken out and executed because mm-hmm. it leaked water all over the garage floor. Don't you love it when technology fails on you oh. and just mouths off to you? <laughs> like, it stresses me out. It does. Like, our washer went out a while back, and we were doing our laundry by hand. Oh, yes. And talk about washing blue jeans. Try washing blue jeans by hand. Your hands hurt after one. And by the way, people, I just want to say, I am no longer doing laundry by hand. We have (laughs) since gotten the new laundry machine. Thank you, God. (laughs) But this particular time, we loaded up all the dirty clothes and took all the sheets off the beds and everything. It, It seemed like we had stuffed the whole back end of a Chevrolet car and... And we laughed because Grandma always said that Christ is riding right beside her. And she had WMU books, Sunday school books, coloring books, colors. And she had Bibles. And she would give things away to people. So can you just say that one part again when you were saying Christ was in the seat with her? Oh, Christ Christ was in the... Sitting in the car with her, she he, she was always saying that Christ rides with her wherever she goes. He's in front of me, he's behind me, he's around me. Now, I have to ask a question. Okay. And it's not really directly pertaining to your testimony, mm-hmm. but I want to see what you think. Okay. When I was growing up, my parents and I went to this chapel in Houston, Texas. And obviously, my parents and I developed relationships with other people. And I got to talking with someone who we had a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And they told me that Christ was the co-pilot of their life. Oh, wow. What do you think of that saying? Of that, what she said? Hmm. It can be, it can be taken wrong. And it can be, uh, like, he's not in me, he's just by me. And, and what she was, what my grandma was trying to say that Christ is right here beside me. Is she had his word. She had his truth. And she would take that and go talk to people. So she was packing Christ in his word, his truth. And when you say that he's my co-pilot, it's kind of hanging out there. Well, to me, and I deliberately held back and refrained from sharing my thoughts on it because mm-hmm. I didn't want to sway you one way or the other. Right, right. But my thoughts to that is that when my friend said that Jesus is the co-pilot, I kind of had this red flag stick yeah. up in my head and be like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. That doesn't sound quite right Mm-mm. because... If you're claiming to be a believer in Christ, mm-hmm. then shouldn't he have 100% control 
over your life. Exactly. Wouldn't that make him the captain then? Yes. Not the co-pilot? Not the co-pilot. He doesn't... He gives you choices. He gives everyone choices. And we can choose to listen or we can choose not to. Things work out better when you choose to listen because he's going to keep putting you in that situation till you get it. But if you don't listen, like we discussed in Bible study, mm-hmm. he's going to chastise you. Yes. Yes, and, he will. And not on a happy note, but I actually had a pastor tell me, oh, the Lord doesn't chastise his children. Oh, fire. And I had to chew on that for a little bit. And then I came to the conclusion because God was speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, that ain't right. Because in the Bible, it says that for who he loves, God chastens. Mm-hmm. Just like a parent, the child. Exactly. Because a, a parent loves their child completely, unconditionally. And so does God. God loves you unconditionally. And if you're not listening, then he's going to take you by the hand and tell you what you did wrong. You know, he's going to put a stop in front of you. Like you're going down the road and you're doing 90 to nothing. Well, here comes the car. There goes the lights. And you got a ticket. Well, that's telling you to slow down. And it's not only telling you to slow down because they're just past you was a van with eight kids in it and a mama Mm -hmm. going grocery shopping and you would have wiped out a whole entire family. And that's why he tells us, you know, it, it's very upsetting when you don't listen to Christ, you know, because Many times Christ has has given me scripture to start the day out. And I'll read that scripture. And that was an influence right there. Because that scripture said what I needed to do is to let God have it. To not be in fear, but to let God have it. Well, the day went on. and, And I got scared. And I got angry, and I didn't let God have it, and it ended up in a shouting match. And see, there it was, and I and then I sat down, apologized, deeply sorry to where I cried, because I didn't listen to God. And he was just telling me in Scripture how to stop, pay attention, and heed that warning. And and you get told if you spend your time reading Scripture. Because Scripture is God's truth. And we need to armor up. And put His badge of honor on us. And like my grandma and I, we were putting clothes in the, in the car... And going to the washeteria. Well, as soon as we got to the washeteria, we heard yelling and screaming. And two little kids fighting. And they were yelling and screaming. 
And Grandma looked at me. Go get the coloring books and go get the colors. You got the kids. And I what? I thought she had lost her mind. And Grandma said, I got the adults. She walked in and they stopped. And she said, you know what? I had problems today too, paying my bills and, and everything. My husband is not here. He's deceased to talk with him about it. And I loved my husband. Oh, how I loved my husband. And she said, God took him home. And now I have no one to help me pay my bills. Y'all are very fortunate to work with each other as a husband and wife, as true love, as God put you together to figure out your bills. God is your answer. And the little kids, I went to the little kids and I had the coloring books and I gave them, I gave them uh, the coloring book and I remember it was Zacchaeus. So they turned to the page and I opened it and gave it to them. It was Zacchaeus. And he was in a tree and Jesus was telling him, come down, I want to go to your house today. And he was a big sinner. But yet, Christ wanted to spend time with him. Christ wants to spend time with everyone. Not just selection of a few, but everyone. And heaven is going to open up one day. And he's going to take his true believers. He's going to take his true believers. I have multiple thoughts on everything <laughs> that you just said. Where do I begin? <laughs> okay, well, let's take it step by step and point by point. Let's rewind a little bit and go back to what we were saying about God disciplining children just like parents do. Uh-huh. Those of you who are listening, um, yes, God does chasten those who he loves. He has chastened me. He has chastened my friend here. He has chastened my family members, my other friends, and other people that I don't even know. However, there comes a warning. Because if you don't listen to that correction, and I've told my children this many a time, that he's going to turn you into a stiff-necked people like he did Israel. He is going to say that you have a reprobate mind and let you go your own way. I had a classmate in high school that he wasn't saved at first and he had Grown up in a Christian family. But he wasn't saved himself. But this one day, he went somewhere. I don't remember where he went. But he heard and felt the Spirit calling him. 
And I remember him saying to our high school teacher that he felt like if he did not accept the Lord's free gift of salvation, that would be the last time that he would have that option. So in other words, when I thought about it, when I chewed on it, he was basically saying that that was the last time God would be offering that grace to him. And if he didn't accept that God was going to then in turn release him into a stiff-necked people and reprobate mind and let him go his own way. Yeah. That said, you keep saying that we should put on the whole armor of God. Mm-hmm. And as you were saying that, I actually have my phone next to me. And I looked up that scripture passage. I know where it is, but I cheated. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought I would just add into this episode reading that scripture passage. Okay. Ephesians 6, 11 through 20. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And for reference, that was Paul. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and when you hear that, you heed the warning, because... There's treacherous things out there to snag you. And and remember that the devil treats us like a lion or a thief in the night. That you could be offered for the last time. And I don't know when is that for anyone because God is the judge. I'm not. I just had another thought go through my head (laughs) as I was reading that scripture. But you were earlier telling my arrows that they should pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. God's providence. Yes, yes. Pray without ceasing because a prayer is an answer. And the most perfect gift you can give anyone is to pray for them. Pray for them. 
and pray with your heart, your mind, and your soul, because that's how much God loves you. One last note on this topic area, and then we'll go on to point number two. (laughs) Um, I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) It's okay. I do that all the time. It's it's perfectly all right. And and you know, God loves us no matter what we do. I mean, he loves me and and he's got to be so humorous that I couldn't stand it. And and you know, he wants us to always be forgiving. Forgive others. Forgive yourself. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Yes. Otherwise, grudges will get built up, mm-hmm. walls will be built, mm-hmm. and there won't be any relationship whatsoever. And there are times when I wanted something my way, and I couldn't see through it. And uh, I remember popping off uh, as a very young wife, and I said, what am I supposed to do? Sing my way through? And I went, oh, and it still sends chills down my spine that I am supposed to sing my way through. You are to sing praises of God. And you just reminded me of what I was going to say. <laughs> so growing up, my mom told me that if I ever was on the road driving or could not sleep, to pray, mm-hmm. to sing, to quote scripture. Mm-hmm. My dad told me that as well, but I heard it more from my mom. And so now that I'm married and I have a family of my own, I have taken that to heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's taken it a step further too. Um, when I say when I'm on the road... She told me every time when she saw an ambulance, she'd say, Liddy, pray. Because that person needs God's help too. Mm-hmm. 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 And it does help. It does help because I have a friend that was riding a motorcycle. And one day I saw him and he was perfectly fine and he was okay. And the next day I saw him. Well, the next time I saw him, he had a cast on his leg, his left leg. He had a a cast in a sling on his left arm. And he had a big old bandage across his ear, his face, and part of his neck on the left side. What happened to you? And he said, well, I got run over by an 18-wheeler. And I said, wow, what do you think helped you? And he says, you know what? Christ helped me because my grandma and my mom said that they were suddenly stopped in their house. And they had to pray for him. They didn't know why they were praying, but they were praying for him. And they called up other people frantically and had them pray for him too. And so... They didn't know what happened, and two hours later, they heard that he had been run over by an 18-wheeler. They thought the worst, 
that they were looking at. And here he's coming back and talking about how he's going to fix his motorcycle and ride again. <laughs> and he just like, wow, wow. Well, you're not the only one who does that. But I've got some pretty good godly wisdom and examples for my own life. Mm-hmm. And I'm teaching my own arrows to do the same. My kids have come to me every now and then and told me something. And I've been, well, you better go pray for them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know what we always said? My grandma would always say that if you say the wrong name, you say somebody's name, you should pray for them. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. I think she was turning a negative into a positive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> always Throw away the negatives and just look for the positives, mm-hmm. you know, and therefore it doesn't give you time to dawdle. It doesn't give you time to uh, uh, think about something else that's of no value. It gives you time to just pray without ceasing. You could walk around all day and think of all the ways you can say, thank you, God. And you could walk around all day and... And think of, how can I best help my helper? Mm-hmm. And, and for somebody coming to you young, they give good advice. And for somebody coming to you old, they give you great advice too. And you should always take that advice because a warning is a warning. And we need to heed that. Well, there was this one time years back when our... Older kids were itty bitty. Mm-hmm. I was told by God to give my jacket that my sister had given me mm-hmm. to a homeless woman. Oh, wow. I fought the Lord tooth and nail. Oh, wow. I didn't want to because it was a leather jacket. And oh. my sister gave it to me. I didn't. But when I decided to make that choice and my husband and I left that parking lot where that woman was, I nicknamed her Paris because she had a little dog that was fancy-ancy like Paris. A poodle. (laughs) No, it was not a poodle. It was the size of my little itty-bitty puppy dogs. Oh, But I didn't give it to her. And when we left that parking lot, I started crying. And my husband was like, why are you crying? And I was like, babe, God told me to give her the jacket. And I didn't. That was the choice that I made. And so I was like, turn around. Just turn around. And it was winter, by the way. I just want to clarify that. It was winter. It was cold. (laughs) (laughs) And so he turned around. And we drove around the parking lot all through the strip mall area. That woman was gone. I didn't end up giving it to her after all. I didn't obey the Lord. And I felt horrible since then. 
But I learned from that. Because in the Bible, it says that all things work together for good to them that love him Mm -hmm. and are called according to his purpose. I made a mistake not listening to God. But he used it for my good and allowed me to learn from that. So now when I hear his voice, I move. Yes. And I don't record a podcast episode without hearing from him. Mm-hmm. That was another reason why you haven't heard from me in a while. <laughs> and you know, that that really says that everybody has been given an opportunity to share Christ one way or another, whether it's food or a coat or a friendship. And some of us were very reluctant in doing so. And I'd say there's more people out there than you can possibly Mm -hmm. shake a stick at because we're all guilty of it. I do want to say that a few weeks later we were back in that same area and we saw Paris again. We did. In that same area. She didn't have the dog, but we saw her again. And it was a little warmer. It was past Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. So she didn't really need the jacket quite yet anymore, Mm -hmm. but she needed food. We went and bought her a hamburger from Burger King. There you go. (laughs) There you go. So you made a difference later on. Mm Mm-hmm. And and there was a, a young girl that another time I was at camp, and I was at Highland Lakes Baptist Encampment, and I was a teenager, and and still a smart aleck. Oh, my stars. And uh, You I weren't was, obnoxious, were you? Yes, I was obnoxious. <laughs> I was annoying. I was everything known to man. That's why when I was baptized at church, half the congregation stood up and cheered. And the other half of the congregation cried because they knew that I was looking at death. And so they were... They, you should you should imagine things like that because that's how God wants us to be seen. He wants us to be seen and celebrated. I think what you just said leads into our next point. Mm-hmm. Funerals. Yes. Last year was hard for my family, mm-hmm. my sister's family. My parents, my family all around, because we had a lot going on. Mm -hmm. I won't go into detail, but part of that all going on, shall I say, were two funerals. Mm -hmm. Both of them were unexpected. I think I previously mentioned it in one of my other episodes. Mm-hmm. But the one funeral was for my brother-in-law. And the other was for my nephew. They were six months apart. My nephew died unexpectedly in April. And then six months later, we're actually coming up on the one-year anniversary of his being promoted to heaven as our pastor would have 
said. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was also unexpected. It was in November. However, although our hearts here on earth are and were still sad and somewhat emotional at times, mm-hmm. um, I can find peace and joy in knowing that both of them are in heaven with Jesus and my four little girls and other family members that I may or may not have gotten to meet. Mm-hmm. However, I don't like to sit and think about those who die without Jesus. Mm-hmm. I do, but the thoughts that I have over that scare me because how does someone mourn? I don't think I have ever been to a funeral where the person wasn't saved. Every funeral that I've been to, the person always had Jesus in his heart. But I feel for those mourning the death of someone who isn't saved because they aren't with Jesus. That's exactly right. And church doesn't stop. Mm-mm. Because uh, just because you belong to a church doesn't mean that you know Christ. You can do uh, all kinds of stuff in church, but if you don't practice Christ, you missed it. Yeah. And I've been to funerals where uh, there were unsafe people. I've been to a funeral where the person died and the family all got together and uh, uh, one stood up and said, Oh, okay, he's dead and gone and let's just go home and get drunk. And that sent shivers down my spine. I've I've had people... Uh, don't want to have a church service. They have a gravesite service and no preacher there, no nothing. And the person was drunk driving and killed a whole family. And so they were just devastated. Mm-hmm. And the God kept telling me to go to this funeral. And I was at a baby shower, and I was one of the people that had contributed to the mom and the baby. And I excused myself to go to this funeral. And I told my friends that God keeps telling me to go to this funeral. So I went, and uh, I was talking to them. I told them, I said, you know, God loves y'all. And, and... I can't change how the person died and who died with him. I can't change any of that. But please, please, please don't look at suicide. 
Suicide is not an answer. Mm-mm. It's a mass confusion. Suicide is murder. You may not be taking another person's life, but you are taking your own. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that that kind of decision is God's alone. Mm-hmm. And I keep getting confronted with that. And the crisis center is 988, and it's vitally important. They will talk to you. They will talk to you and tell you how important you are and talk you out of things and talk you into what Christ is offering. Because I've, I've seen tests that they do at school, the public schools, and they have... Uh, star test or they had all kinds of other tests that are just yuck and I don't test well myself me personally I have test anxiety I, I do too and I get all crazy and my ears start whistling I start getting a headache and I, I just lose my mind over a test and I was talking to a preacher friend of mine, and he said, I went to a town, and their 10-year-old son was going to take the star test, and he had killed himself. My, all because of test anxiety? All because of a test. And see, that's the devil talking, and, and... Throw the devil away. I rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Be gone. Amen and amen. 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 And, but it's important. And we have so many things that start to be canceled. And you can't say this. And you can't say that. And you can't talk about Christ. Well, I'm sorry. I'm going to represent Christ. Mm-hmm. And when I was teaching at school, my friends used to tell me all the time, Miss B, you can't, you can't say that because what I said was, thank God you're here. Thank God you're here. And, and they said, you're going to get fired. And I said, well, send me home. But I'm going to keep saying it. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep offering Christ. And, you know, I kept asking Christ what I need to do. And I I kept waiting on him and waiting on him. And all of a sudden, one morning, he woke me up early and said, tell others about Christ. Now, let me just stop there real quick. Because Ma brings up a good point. She chose to do what... God told her to do. That is scripturally sound. Because the Lord's disciples were also told to stop preaching Christ. And the disciples looked at those who were telling them to stop. Straight in the face and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Yes, completely. Because God says, let no one come before him. And I'm always going to put him first. Now, do we necessarily have to go overseas to be a missionary? Because obviously, your grandmother knew. She just knew. (laughs) (laughs) 
that you were going to be a missionary. Oh. And see, I've been to New Mexico, to Alaska, to Africa, Bella Bella, and I, I've been everywhere, and I've always talked to people about Christ. And I've always said, I'm not important. You are. And because you are important, Christ wants you to know him. What was that that John the Baptist said about Christ? I'm not worthy to baptize him. I must decrease. He must increase. increase. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And, and he also said that not even my shoes are decent enough to baptize the father mm-hmm. and and you know i just one of my favorite all-time favorite scriptures is a woman who's uh bleeding and she's having all kinds of problems and she says if i just touch christ him i'll be healed she was writing on faith she was riding on Christ, and she touched his hem, and he said, Who touched me? She said, No one touched you. Or, no, that was the disciples. The disciples said that. No one touched you. And she stood up, and it is I that touched you. And did he condemn her? Nope, nope. He celebrated her. Mm-hmm. He said, Go forth. And sin no more. Exactly. And that's how we have to see ourselves. We have to see ourselves joyous. In whatever situation we're in, Christ wants us to celebrate Him. And so, therefore, we are to celebrate. Be happy. Be joyous. So, if you get crabby in those blue jeans, will you just turn around And get happy in those same jeans. As you might tell my arrows, suck it up, buttercup. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I hadn't heard that in a long time. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you this. It got to the point where they were telling each other that. (laughs) (laughs) On a more serious note, though. People, I think we have come to the conclusion that we don't necessarily have to go overseas and be a missionary. We can be a missionary, we are to be a missionary, wherever God assigns us to. Mm -hmm. And remember, all our assignments are not the same. I have a high school teacher and his wife I'm not going to go into detail because I haven't spoken to them about it yet but they are dealing with the health issue of their own and as I was reading through some of their things that they were sharing I realized that they're on mission where they're assigned to right now even in this experience that they may or may not most likely not be enjoying Mm -hmm. 
we are to be on mission for Christ in everything. Even if we're sick. Even if we are uh, on the road or at work. It doesn't matter where our mission field is. We are to speak Christ everywhere. What does the Bible say? Go into all the world. And the world may be your backyard and in your house Mm -hmm. and your neighbor or your town. But it also may be another place. But that's God's choice to send you where he needs you. And and that makes um, I myself remember my Bible verse that I love. And it's Psalms 1. 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And I used to, as a kid, you you had to be happy to say that. No, you can cry out to him. You can be angry. You can be uh, celebrating someone else to Christ. You know, that you're happy that they're missionaries, or you're happy that uh, fourth baby is coming. Or you're happy that they got married and found love. Fourth baby or eighth baby? Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Or they're celebrating uh, good things like someone graduated from high school. You know, it's an honor to when your kids do good. But it's even more of an honor when they realize they needed Christ. That's an honor. And folks, we're not sharing this with you because we hate y'all. Just like Christ says that he chastens his children because he loves them. And we're not chastening you. We're not disciplining you. But I think it still applies. But we're sharing this awesome news of what Christ came to the earth to do for us as sinners. He died on the cross to save us from our sins. And rose again the third day. So that we could be with him in heaven. We share this news. With y'all. Because we love y'all. And it is imperative. That. You make a choice. Because. Let's face it. Tomorrow is not promised. And even though. I am a believer in Christ. To me, that statement is still scary. (laughs) Yes, and we should always celebrate today. Celebrate the good things. Hummingbirds outside. We celebrate uh, children singing. We celebrate laughter at the kitchen table. We celebrate all kinds of things that are going on that God has given us. And I love, love, love what one of my friends said. That she puts, she sets the table for Christ. Awesome. And and I have, uh, I had an uncle that said, always leave the door open for Christ. Always leave the door open and sing his praises. So whether you sing flat or you sing in tune, sing anyway. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, I will come in and sup with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wonderful. People, we 
love y'all. We share this news with y'all because we do love you and we care about you and we care about where you're headed, not just here on earth, but eternally. Yes, your life is at stake. And so therefore my heart is in it. And I celebrate the fact that you are listening now. And may you always listen to God because he is truth. And his word is truth. And you may not realize it. But even at this time, God and Satan are at war. And there will come a day where that battle is going to end. They're going to have one final battle. So you need to make a choice. Hear our words. And choose whether you're going to serve God or you're going to serve Satan. Because you can't have it both ways. You're either on God's team or Satan's team. Cannot sit on the fence. No, you can't. You have to always trust and put your hands in God's hands and let him take the warnings Mm -hmm. and take the fight. Because we're not equipped to fight the devil. God is. And I give that to him. I always give that to God. I wish it were always easy. No, it's not. (laughs) Because trust me, I have tried to put Humpty Dumpty together again. Oh, so have I. I have learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. And finally, I just gave up and turned it over to him. Mm -hmm. That's how I accepted Christ. Hard. (laughs) So I advise you to take the warning And not go down hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's much easier if you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because the Holy Spirit, if you ask for the Holy Spirit to help you through this day, I believe He does. If you ask for an example, God shows up big because... I was praying for rain, and there came a shower and threw it down. And I I almost got more than what I wanted because a tornado came by. <laughs> and so that was, that was scary. <laughs> and so we have to always be explicit what we ask. Don't just assume that you can ask for anything. Ask. And you will receive, but you have to ask wholeheartedly. And you have to mean it. If you don't mean it, he's not going to pay attention to you. Yes. Don't cry wolf. Mm -mm. And you don't know how many times I've told that story to my kids Mm -hmm. and impressed upon them Mm -hmm. the importance of that story. Mm -hmm. There have been so many other stories that are just fables. That have a spiritual lesson to them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because our trust in faith is like the lady who trusts Christ him. Mm -hmm. It's by faith we are driven. And by faith we go. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Mm -hmm. Well, Ma... 
I appreciate you coming on to the scripted heart. Thank you, Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything else to share with us today? Well, I can say a prayer. Go ahead. Thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for those that are listening. May they not be in fear. May they know you. May they trust with you and be guided by you. Lord, I ask that you embed yourself into their words, into their heart, and love you, mind, heart, and soul. And Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for this podcast. I hope and pray that there are many others that are listening, and that they follow you and celebrate you, and be happy, be joyous in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Amen. Well, I just have to say before I officially close this episode out, I had fun. (laughs) I did too. I did too. Be careful, Ma. You might get a promotion to (laughs) co-host. That's fun. That's fun. That's okay. I'll bring Christ. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, I have one last thing. What's that? It's a joke. What did baby corn say to mama corn? Where's popcorn? (laughs) Absolutely. But I cheated. (laughs) I've heard the joke before. Eh. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Well, anyway, folks. I apologize if y'all didn't like me calling y'all people. That's just what came out. Please don't take offense. But I appreciate y'all listening. I appreciate you taking the time to delve into God's word with us. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't saved, I'm still praying for you. If you are saved, I pray that this episode of The Scripted Heart brings you closer to him and grows your faith absolutely make a joyful noise unto the lord all ye people (laughs) for you are fearfully and wonderfully made amen amen until next time speak hope speak love and speak life amen